This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us again. I am glad that you are here with us. Uh, And we continue our study of the compendium of the social doctrine of the church. And today we get into the more practical aspects of the compendium and of a just society. Uh, For the last few weeks, we've been uh, building the foundation uh, for a just uh, social justice and a just society. Today, we get into the specifics, specifically today, talking about how the family is the cell of a just society. There's a saying that goes something like this. Many hands make for light work. But I would like to add that many hands make for complicated work, too. The more people you add to a job, the more complicated it gets because the more opinions you get. And as they say, uh, too many chiefs and not enough Indians is an old saying. In other words, uh, it just gets complicated the more people that joins a particular project. I say that because my experience has been that the more people involved in a certain thing, whether it's government or whatever it is, the bigger it gets, the more complicated it gets. And the same goes for a society. The bigger a society or a nation gets, the more complicated and messy it gets. Uh, Where I live in the United States of America, obviously a big nation on earth, the world's superpower 350 million people, and believe me, it's just a complicated mess, basically, that we have as a nation at this point. So, then the question becomes, how can we break down society into something that's manageable? Well, according to the Pontifical Council, it comes in the form of the family. And Pope Francis has talked a lot about this, that the family is that cell of society, the family is the first society. Uh, If we can get society right in the society of the family, then maybe there's hope we can get it right on the larger scale of maybe a national society. In chapter five today, which is where we are, the uh, um, subject of family life and all the issues of justice around that are there as we move into the particulars of what it, how you create a just society. Now, a note, a very important note I want to make before we get into this is that if you are divorced or come from a broken home, I'm not going to leave you hanging because I am divorced. I come from a broken home and I get the reality of a broken home. And you may ask yourself if you're divorced and you're dealing with that, you may think, well, how can I create that cell of society and a family because mine's broken? Well, towards the end of today's episode, I'm going to cover how you can create a just society within a broken home. 
And I hope you'll hang on because you'll receive much encouragement from this. But let's begin by talking about this, is why is the family uh, so important to society at large? In today's atmosphere, we are bombarded by calls to redefine the family. Everybody wants to redefine what the structure is of family, the organization, you know, who is a family, what constitutes a family. But no matter how loud people yell, the natural definition of family cannot be erased. In the natural law, universal eternal law, exists the reality of family as a marriage between a man and a woman who come together and create children, naturally create children. Uh, in fact, the Pontifical Council we won't get into today talks about artificial means of creating children are not valid uh, within the natural law of family. So why is the, this thing we call the family, which, by the way, is so broken in modern society, why is this thing called the family so important? It is because the family is a complete society in itself. Did you hear that? The family is a complete society in itself. There is no other need outside of the family for anything to call that a society. A family is a society that has leaders, citizens, and economy, political decisions are made within that family, and so on. And, oh yes, there are wars sometime that happens within that society we call the family. It's how we deal with those wars that makes all the difference. An example, a couple examples I was thinking of, one was Adam and Eve and the kids, their kids as a first society. We have to remember that the first human society was just made up of a couple of parents and some kiddos, you know, and that made for all of human society. And there was nothing more that needed to be added to that. In fact, if we believe that we all come from the same family, then we realize that no matter, even if you're in a nation like China or India or some of the bigger nations still, as worldwide, we're, we're all interrelated somehow. And so uh, the fact is, uh, that all, that whole thing we call society is just really a bigger version of the first society. Now, how does society work out within the family and relationships between the quote citizens, the parents and the kids as citizens of the society? Well, it works out in many ways. It works out economically. The family and the parents especially have to sit down and agree on an economy. A lot of, um, of um, arguments between spouses happens around economy. How are we going to manage the money? How are we going to make the money? How are we going to spend the money? That's basically what governments do. They just have those discussions on a larger scale. But the family has an economy and the family may, different families have different economic systems that they use within their family. Uh, there's policy making, you know, kids get in trouble because they broke the policies of that society. Uh, spouses get angry with each other because one of them broke a policy of that society. In other words, there's laws in place. 
there's basically a constitution that each family runs by. And there's so many other things that you think of with society that happens. You know, parents like kids have to get to school. So parents make decisions. What kind of transportation are we going to use? Uh, are we going to use a bus or are we going to use our car? And one of us is going to transport the kids to school. The other is going to pick them up. There's transportation systems that happens within the society of the family. In other words, a family is a complete society in itself. And if we can get that society right, then maybe there's hope again for the society at large within the nation. And Pope Francis has reminded us that the reason why modern societies are so broken is because the family is broken. And again, the family is the first society. Now, the next question we have to ask an issue we have to deal with in this is the question, who serves who? Who serves who? There is confusion today as to who serves who in this world. It would appear that the family serves corporations because work hours and the demands of work take precedence over family time and family needs. It also appears that the family serves the government with the increase in taxes on families and the ever-changing demands of governments on families. But we must remember that government and society at large, including corporations, exist to serve the family. The family is the supreme entity in the world. Therefore, the government and society at large exists to serve the family, not the other way around. Therefore, governments and nations must ensure that families enjoy the following benefits. And if you're a government worker or official listening to this, or if you're in some sort of influence in the nation or the state, listen to this. Governments and nations must ensure that families enjoy these following benefits. One is strong economic support. Governments should be aware how taxes affect families. Just now, the president of the United States, President Biden, raised taxes in his huge spending bill that was just announced, falsely called the Inflation Reduction Act. But what it does is it enacts a bunch more taxes on families. Families, every time families have to pay more taxes, then that's less they can spend for the needs of their families. And then they have to start making tough choices for their kids. Governments should be aware of how taxes affect families. Governments should ensure that the economy is strong so that families can survive. It is of absolute necessity that governments make sure that the national economy is strong so that families can thrive. Businesses should be aware of how compensation of employees affects families. For example, uh, uh, at many jobs, including mine, you get a salary, but you also have benefits and you're required to have those benefits. For example, many employers now require you to pay into the health insurance. And here's the problem is that then money is taking out of the salary to pay for the health insurance, or at least part of it. Money is taken out of the salary to contribute to the retirement plan 
and other benefits. And what that does is it lessens the ability to feed children, pay rent, mortgage, and so on. And so businesses need to be aware of how their compensation packages affects employees, families. And on the flip side of that, governments should ensure that businesses can thrive so that they can compensate families well. Because a lot of times I hear complaints from business owners that like, I want to provide good compensation, but I'm taxed to death by the government, so I can't do what I would like to do. And of course, major corporations need to trickle that money down from the top and get a lot more of it to the bottom, to the employees who matter so much. So governments need to ensure that families have strong economic support. Another benefit governments and nations must ensure for families is that they have a right to good education for their children. Governments should ensure that all families have access to good education for their children, that families have the right to educate their children in homeschooling, and that families have a right to speak to schools about how their children are taught. A lot of parents, a lot of parents today are upset and, and even bringing lawsuits against school boards because they don't like what their kids are being taught. Gender identity uh, uh, and, you know, critical race theory, all kinds of things that parents are upset. They said, we don't want our kids taught this stuff. We want math and real science taught, not uh, fake science and all these things. You know, parents want their kids to get a good education. A lot of parents cannot afford private school. Some parents opt into homeschooling, but you know, and they have a right to do that. The government should ensure that. But the fact is governments have to ensure that families have access to quality education for their children. And a third benefit is governments and nations need to ensure that families have access to freedom. Society at large should ensure that families enjoy freedom to live as they agree to live as a family. So, for example, if a family wishes to own property, then government should remove barriers to that. If a family wishes to live in a specific area, then obstacles should be removed for that family. Now, we have to remember that society exists uh, uh, for families from various cultures. So in that society, there's families from different cultures, religions, and so on, that each family needs to have freedom to live as they envision, with, of course, the boundary of not interfering with other families. But we, the, we've got to get away from this idea that everything exists for the purpose of corporations and governments. It just doesn't. Now, let's talk next about what does a healthy family and thus a healthy society look like? A healthy family and a healthy society is a place where a man and woman come together freely to give of themselves to each other. It is first a society where a man and woman give of themselves to the other freely. It's a place where new life, that is children, are created. It is a place where those children are taught and encouraged to grow into healthy, well-rounded, and mature adults to perpetuate a healthy society. So if we have healthy families, 
creating and growing and nurturing healthy children who become healthy adults, then we'll get back to having a healthy society. So you see how it works? It all hinges on the family. Broken families means broken society. Healthy families means healthy society. Uh, the family is a place and a healthy family is a place for fostering healthy relationships. It's where children learn how to have healthy relationships and therefore within society to have healthy relationships. And as we do this, then society at large will grow into a just society. So really, if you want to learn social justice, you learn it within the context of family first within the home, and then it moves broader into the broader society. And the re so the reason why we have a broken society at this point is because we have broken families, which leads to my next point. How do you create a just society from broken homes? Because most of our homes nowadays are just broken. We live in a world filled with homes broken by divorce, domestic violence, drugs, drunkenness, adultery, and so on. And on and on it goes. And the question is, is there hope to create a just society out of a broken family? Well, my answer is an absolute yes, because God knows how to redeem these families. And if you're divorced, maybe you're a single parent raising children, or you're a parent who gets your children on limited visits, you may be wondering, how can I help create a healthy Fam, society within a family, well, there's hope. There's hope. You can do this. God, is, you got to remember, God is the author of the family. It is God who determines what a healthy family looks like, and it is God who can bring good out of a bad situation. God does it all the time. God's constantly bringing good out of bad situations. So if you're in a bad situation as a family, God can bring good out of that. By the way, I just want to say this again. Society does not determine the family. The church or any religion doesn't determine that. It is God who does. Now, the church and spiritual teachers, certainly their job is to carry on to society what God has already revealed about the family, but they're not the determiners. God is. And since God is the determiner of society, then God can bring good out of your brokenness. I need to tell you a personal story that happened to me. You know, I'm divorced. I get my son uh, on weekend visits every other weekend. So twice a month, I get my son on weekend visits. And, and he's a teenager now. And this last weekend was a real struggle for me. I've been going through personal struggles that have resulted in me fighting depression lately. When I picked up my son the other day, I just, I felt so discouraged and exhausted from all these issues I'm dealing with. Yeah, I've been dealing with feeling like a failure, you know, through the divorce and failure that I'm not, can't invest in my children the way I'd like to. And I almost took him home back to his mother's early this weekend out of pure discouragement as a father. I just didn't feel like I could take one more step. The way seemed dark for me. 
Then I realized that if I was honest with my son and told him what I was dealing with, then he could watch how I handle it and learn from me as a father how to deal with struggles in life. So I decided to keep him with me, and we went to a quiet area here in Portland, and I shared with him the details of my personal battle and that I wasn't uh, uh, going to give in to depression, but that I would trust in God and let go of what I wanted. I told him that I was determined to surrender to God's will, and I remember sitting in the car with my head buried on this, uh, leaning on the steering wheel. And in, in a weak tone of voice, I told him, I am determined to surrender to God's will, even in this depression and discouragement. The next day, things got better, and I was able, by God's grace, to get over that hump I was dealing with. You know what my son told me? My son told me that he had such respect for me as a father. And I asked him why, as I felt, I asked him why, because I felt like a failure with the divorce and, and with not seeing him as much. And he said that I teach him. He said, Dad, the reason why I'm proud of you and I bragged to all my friends about you is because you teach me as a father and you show me how to know God and how to live God's way and you show me how to handle the problems in life. And that struck me hard, struck me just right between the eyes and deep in the heart that in that struggle, in that moment, I was able to teach him more in that moment than if I was with him 24 hours a day, just doing the normal stuff. You know, if you are divorced or from a broken home, you can make a difference and you can build a just society with what you have to work with. God knows what you've got to work with, and God's going to bless you in that. You may ask, well, what if my kids don't talk to me? I get that. Because, you see, my son is not my only child, and one of my children refuses to talk to me. So what do you do? You pray, and you pray hard. That one child of mine who doesn't talk, I pray, and I pray hard for them. That, too, is a form of justice, and that is a powerful tool. Do not take lightly the power you have to pray for your children who have nothing to do with you. Pray and pray hard and ask for St. Monica's help. If you don't know who St. Monica is, read about her. You'll find out the power of her prayer. You know, if you are trying your best to create a just society with a broken family, then I have this one thing to say to you. I am proud of you. I'm cheering you on. You've got this. I've got this. You've got this. It happens through prayer first, then through loving, teaching, and guiding with what you have to work with. The teaching and guidance may be in a simple text or in treating your ex-spouse with respect. God is honoring your effort. God knows that we all are broken. God knows that you're trying your best. I mean, look at Abraham. Do you think Abraham was a model as a father and husband? King David, do you think David was a grand model of what a father is? 
And look at all the others in the scriptures, but they didn't get it right many times, but God honored their efforts. And he's going to honor yours too. So do the very best with what you have to work with, because you've got this and I'm cheering you on. As we close today, I want to share this with you. There was once a man who had a family. He lived like other men with families. He had good times and times of struggle. There were many times he wanted to give up and leave, but never did as he hung on to faith. He stayed with his family. He had a son who turned out to be a spiritual leader to many. Many followed his son's example. And one day he asked his son how he came to be who he is. The son replied, well, dad, all those times you turned off the game to listen to me. Those times you disciplined me, those times you encouraged me, and all those times I just watched from the sideline as you lived your life, I became inspired to be like you. There was a woman who wanted desperately to be the wife and mother that she believed God wanted her to be. And though she faced many times of discouragement and calls from the women's lib and other pressures in society has set herself free from the family, she kept going in faith. She had a daughter who turned out to be an amazing wife and mother herself. She ended up being a public speaker to women. And one day she, this mom asked her daughter how she turned out so well. The daughter replied, well, mom, it was all the little talks in the kitchen as you taught me how to cook. It was all the times that you loved dad and I watched how to truly be a wife. It was all the times I watched you with my siblings that I learned how to be a mother. It was all the times that you read books to me in the rocking chair that I learned how to be a speaker and an author. There was a man who through many bad choices ended up divorced with his family in pieces. He woke up one day and did the hard work to turn himself around. This man was discouraged that he would never see his children grow into healthy adults. He faced many times of challenges, disappointment, discouragement. Many times he wanted to despair. However, one of his sons turned out to be a successful businessman who treated his employees with justice and paid them well and took good care of them. This man who felt so broken asked his son how he turned out this way. The son replied, Dad, it is only as I watched you work hard and struggle to become the man you are now that I realized that I too can be a good man. It was those times you responded to my text with wisdom. It was those weekend visits with you when you taught me and played sports with me that I experienced healing too. I healed because you healed. You are the best father I could ask for. A single mom left with the wreckage of a broken home often wanted to turn to alcohol and to just run from man to man to hide her wounds. However, she decided to dig down deep and reach out to God. With God's grace, she found a small community of women at a nearby church and was able to find healing and finish raising her children in a healthy environment. 
And it wasn't just these individuals. Many healthy families began to appear in society because others watched these individuals and desired to follow their example. And so society became a healthy and just place once again. You see, there is hope. This is not just a fanciful story. It can become reality if we make the hard choices to do the right thing right now. May you truly be blessed as you seek to work with what you have to work with and create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.